Um, we are in this series that uh, Josh has been leading us into, and it's a series called, talking about walking in the ways of Jesus. And the reason why we think this is an important thing to look at, hopefully will be obvious to you. Um, as a church, we want to flow, we want everything we do to flow from who we are in Jesus. We want it all to flow from what we know about him, what he teaches us about God and God's heart for the world. And we try then to shape church around what we learn from following Jesus. Alan Hirsch, who some of you will have read, he's written lots of very important books, well, important books to me and I think important books to us as a church, in fact, in, in helping us think through what it means to be church. He talks about how often the church gets things the wrong way around. We build church first. That will only stay on for a little bit and then it will go off. It just needs to cool itself down for a little bit, but it will go off in a minute. He often talks about how um, we, as we shape church first, we shape our structure first, which then means that it shapes the way that we do mission because we've built it in a certain way. And then that shapes the way that we're able to express who Jesus is. He says we get it the wrong way around. We need to first get our understanding from who Jesus is. Our theology must come first, if you want. Our understanding of who God is. And let that shape our ecclesiology, the way that we do church. And then that, in turn, shapes the way that we do mission. It flows from our understanding of who God is. And too often, the church has done its thing that it thinks is right, but it's not shaped around who Jesus is and what he is calling us to do. And so we are always keen to know what Jesus does, to learn from reading the Bible, and what, what, what did he do then? What is he doing now by his spirit? And one of the key things that we need to look at this morning, and I want us to look at this morning, is this concept of God being ascending God. Now, we've talked about this before. God sends people into the world to be a blessing to the world. Remember, we talked about being, a blessing, being blessed in order to be a blessing to the world. God sends us into the world, and he first did it by sending himself, didn't he? The incarnation, the idea that God didn't stay distant, but that he chose to draw close to his people so that his people could see who he is. That is such a key theological understanding for us, for Christians as a church, that God draws near. He is ascending God. Throughout the Bible, it's not just in Jesus. We see that God does this work. He sends people, doesn't it? I'm sure if you just paused now, and you could think of characters in the Bible that have been sent by God to go and represent him or to go and represent his kingdom in the world. Think about him sending Abraham going into new lands and the promise that he gave to Abraham. Think about him sending Moses, Moses being rather reluctant at first, but sending Moses to the peop his people in captivity in Egypt, representing God, coming and speaking for God, bringing the kingdom of God into a place that is dark and isn't representing God at the moment. Throughout the Bible, we see God doing this. So you may be asking the question then, if, if you accept that being a follower of Jesus means you are going to get sent somewhere, what does that mean? What does it mean to be sent? What are you, what am I sent to do? The Bible talks about us being salt and being light, doesn't it? Those passages in the New Testament, being salt in the world, being light. Put literally, we're meant to flavor the world. We're meant to bring flavor to the world, the signs of the kingdom. Where we go, he goes. 
we carry the presence of God into the places that we go to. We're the sign of the kingdom. It's the way that God chooses to send himself now through his church into the world. So what does it mean to do that? Blessed to be a blessing. Well, one of the things I want to challenge this morning is sometimes we thought about that purely in the terms of evangelism. We've talked about that as being proclaiming the good news of Jesus to someone, talking to them, telling them the gospel. Now, hear me, that is really important and that is core of who we are. We want to see people come to faith. We want to be people who release our evangelists who are particularly gifted in this to help us as a church to be able to do this, to be to do evangelism, to be able to tell the gospel to people. But it is a, a small part of the whole mission that God calls us to. It isn't the full witness of who God is. If you think about what Jesus got involved in in his life on earth, if you think about the whole story of God through the Bible, it was about a being, bringing the, the, the kingdom of God it wasn't just about people, individuals coming into relationship with him, although that was really important. It was about bringing a whole kingdom of God to bear, to redeem all of creation, that which he created good in the first place. He is redeeming back, and that includes all of creation. And you and I get to be people who help him do that, who partner with God to bring the whole of the kingdom of God to bear witness in this world. The whole Bible, this is a quote from um, a theologian called Christopher Wright, who is a, an Old Testament scholar, but his real heart is for us to see the whole passage of, Chris, sorry, where are you, Chris? Just excuse me for interrupting. That looks like it's still on, that heater. Where's Chris gone? Or someone who knows how to turn that. Thanks, Tim, because I think we're all going to cook soon. I'm certainly cooking up here. Um, Christopher Wright is a theologian who um, talks about the whole picture of God, the whole arc of God's story throughout history. And he says this, the whole Bible renders to us the story of God's mission through God's people in their engagement with God's world for the sake of the whole of God's creation. It's much broader than evangelism. The mission of God is about his kingdom coming on earth. And he says, goes on to say, God's missionary purposes are cosmic in scope, concerned with the restoration of all things, the establishment of shalom, which we know is the peace of God in all aspects of life, the renewal of creation and the coming of the kingdom. I'm just going to take my glasses off because this is very small and I need to just make it big. He talks about, um, and, and he goes on to talk about the sending language that's used in the Bible and gives some examples of where God sends people to do many different things. And he says the range of things for which people were sent is, is staggeringly broad. Sending language is used in all of the following stories. Joseph was sent to be in a position to save lives in a famine. Moses was sent to deliver people from oppression and exploitation. Elijah was sent to influence the course of international politics. Jeremiah was sent to proclaim God's word. Jesus claimed the words of Isaiah that he was sent to preach good news, to proclaim freedom and to give sight for the blind and to offer release from oppression. 
and we are told to do the same. The disciples were sent to preach and demonstrate the delivering and healing power of the reign of God. Jesus sent them into the world in the same way that the Father had sent him, that John 17 passage. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Paul and Barnabas were sent with famine relief in Acts 11. Later they were sent for evangelism and church planting in Acts 13. Titus was sent to ensure trustworthy and transparent financial administration in 2 Corinthians. Later, he was sent for competent church administration in Titus 1. Apollos was sent as a skilled Bible teacher for church nurture. Many unnamed brothers and sisters were sent out as itinerant teachers for the sake of the truth of the gospel. So he, he finishes by saying, so even if we agree that the concept of sending and being sent lies at the heart of mission, there is a broad range of biblically sanctioned activities that people may be sent by God to do, including famine relief, action for justice, preaching, evangelism, teaching, healing, and administration. Yet when we use the words missions and missionaries, we tend to think mainly of evangelistic activity. What does our biblical theology have to say about that? That's what we are looking to be as a church, to be a church that represents what the kingdom of God is all about. That's why we have this mural and we have that passage, Jeremiah 29.7, which talks about the people who were in exile... And if you remember that story, they were kind of trying to hold up. And they were saying, well, we've just got to get through this. We've been taken out of our country. We've just got to get through this. And then God will, God will sort it all out for us. And Jeremiah says to them, no, you are here. This is where you are planted. This is the space that you find yourself in. Where's the space that you find yourself in? Not here. Monday to Saturday. What's the space that you find yourself in? That's where you are planted. Are you tempted like the people in exile to go, we just, I've just got to get through this and then uh, something else will come? What is God inviting you to do Monday to Saturday with him, in partnership with him? Because that's where he has placed you. And that is just as important as anything we do here on a Sunday morning. That's what we were talking about last week in terms of the gathering and scattering. The restoration of all things, the establishment of shalom. So today, as we continue as, to explore what that might mean, I want us to think, to remember two things. It's much bigger than evangelism. It's actually involved with the establishment of, of God's kingdom for the whole of creation. And I wish we could go into more of what that might look like. But I want to, in a moment, invite Neil Birchnell up and we're going to hear his uh, thoughts on some of these things. I'm going to interview him. But I just wanted to frame the interview with this is why we're going there. This is why we're thinking about this. this. And secondly, this work of being disciples that you and I are invited into, that you or I are called to be part of, 95% of it for most of us happens not here in the gathered place. But in the places that we find ourselves in from Monday to Saturday. And I'm really pleased that Kath came up and invited us to think about those keys into the places where we find ourselves. What are the keys that God wants to give us into those places Monday to Saturday? He's called us to partner with them. He's called us to be blessed, to be a blessing. What might that look like for you? It's a key area for us as a church.
And sometimes in the church, we can be in danger of giving the impression that the most important way you can serve as a disciple is by getting involved in church and church activities. They are important, but they're not the only way that you can serve as a, as a disciple. The activities we do in the week are just as important and just as sacred. There is no sacred spiritual, uh, secular divide. Every place is sacred where you go because you go with God. Every place. So what does he want to do in and through you in those places? If you spend a lot of your time in the workplace, then as a church we want to acknowledge that this is a key place where you can walk in Jesus' ways and share his ways. I just want to show um, a little video from Mark Green, who works for the uh, London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, and he does a lot of thinking about these sort of things, and he's just going to say, probably a little bit more succinctly than I've just said, some of the things that we're thinking about this morning. So God isn't sitting up in heaven looking down at us, at our jobs, thinking, I really, really wish they were doing something else right now. No. Work is a context for us to use our talents, our resources, our power, our freedom, our opportunities to serve other people for the benefit of other people and to the glory of God. And of course, the workplace is a fantastic context for mission and for ministry because we have so many relationships there, so many relationships with people who don't know Jesus. For decades now, the church in the West has had this kind of view of itself. There we are, the red dots in the corner, marginalised in the ghetto, against the ropes. And every now and then, we scurry out like moles onto a lawn to do some evangelism. And then we scurry back. But the reality is completely different. This is a totally false picture of the church. The reality is this. There we are, the red dots, out in the world, working, relating, Monday through Monday to scores and scores of people. People who can see the difference that Jesus makes in our lives, people that we can bless and serve in a whole host of ways. And the reality is that you're probably already doing it on your front line. I like that last line that you're probably already doing it. You're already there. And remember, it's not about becoming something that you're not. It's about you being you. It's not about standing up on a chair and suddenly starting to preach the gospel in coffee time. It's, it's about reminding yourself more than anything that where we go, we carry him. And what might it look like for us to partner with him? Now, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm not working, there's a broad definition this morning in terms of what we mean by workplace. And what I'd like to say is it's where you and the Monday to Saturday are de deliberately doing something purposeful. Okay, that's a very broad definition. Within that, in this church, we've got a history of working with different sectors and different parts of what that might mean for people. And we're going to continue to do that and rediscover that. Um, and that's already happening in, with some people. Um, but just to say, this is the start of us rediscovering this and, 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 and bringing it back to the, the front uh, of who we are. Um, but don't just sit, don't sit there and go, well, I'm not, I'm not in the workplace. That this, doesn't, this morning doesn't matter for me. I would like us all to go, what in my Monday to Saturday? Where are the places that I find myself? Where am I deliberately doing something purposeful? How can I partner with God more? What are the keys to open up things of the kingdom in those places? So as we continue this morning, as we think a little bit more, please be asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And what I'd love to do at the end, Kath, if this is all right with you, is invite people to come forward and be prayed for about the keys 
the, the, the picture that you had and, and uh, we'll pray into any of you who feel you would like, just what does, what's the next step? What is that key that God wants to give you? And please hear the invite that it is that broad definition. I don't want to, to um, exclude anyone this morning in thinking about, but it's, it, the, the main thing is that Monday to Saturday thing, that place where you're deliberately doing something purposeful. Final verse, and then I'm going to invite Neil up. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Great. Neil, do you want to come up? Can we welcome Neil? Neil, I've got a sofa for us. I thought it would be a bit more. Should we do that? Yeah. Hello. I've seen people do this, sit on a sofa in interviews, so I thought I'd give it a go. Bear with me. <laughs> um, I don't know how many people know Neil, um, so I'm just going to give you a chance, first of all, Neil, just to say who you are and what you do. So I've got the list of questions that I sent you, but please feel free to deviate <laughs> as much as you want. But who are you, family? How did you come to be in Sheffield? And maybe a bit about your journey with us as a church. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm Neil, married to Lorna, three children, Iona, Eden, and Tobias. Uh, I came here originally from the US to do what was called YAPS and is now transitioned into FORM. Uh, I did that in the year 2000, and there was about 42 people on our year back then. Um, and uh, kind of fast forward a few more years after that, got married, started Birchnell Howden with Phil Howden here, and we've built that company over the years, and then did a private equity-backed merger into the Ask4 group about nine months ago. Um, so we're an IT service company, and we now operate a, a data center and a, an ISP as well. Fantastic. And um, what do you do in your spare time? I expected you to be coming in, running in, because you said you were doing a race this morning. That, that was the plan. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so kind of coming up in running gear was, I guess, plan B. But, uh, yeah, so I do a lot of running, um, and then I'm involved, and I could give some context on that from lots of external um, boards and, and things of that nature, which kind of, I think, probably fits in with what we're doing here as well. But yeah, a lot of running as well. Okay. Did you race this morning? Yes. Did, did you win? No. Oh, sorry. Got a cold. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> Caroline beat me by a lot. I don't know if she... There she oh. is. There she is. Well done, Caroline. <laughs> um, so how do you spend your time? You've mentioned Birchnell Howden, but I know you're involved in quite a lot of things. How do you spend your time, and what does it involve you doing, just kind of briefly? So, I've said yes to a lot of things, maybe too many, but not all of them. Um, so, I'll rattle this off, and it's not, I think it's just, it's kind of, it's to give some context. So, I'm on the, the board here at Network Church Sheffield, so that means I'm a, a trustee of the charity and a director and member of the board. Um, I, I'm in a similar position on a diocesanal position, so... The diocesanal board of finance, and then that kind of leads on to being a trustee of the diocese, uh, bishops' council, and synod. And so that kind of 
I guess, completes things from a church perspective. On a city level, I'm a board member of the Sheffield City Growth Board, which is a private sector group that interfaces with the council to advise on how we can grow the city's economy. The, I'm the deputy chair of the Sheffield City Partnership, which brings together lots of different parts of the city from the uh, head of fire, head of police, uh, faith sectors, voluntary sectors, along with the leader of the council and the chief exec to talk about wider issues across the city um, and trying to look at things from a, uh, from a holistic perspective that doesn't just look into one aspect of the private, public or third sectors. And then a few other businesses and I'm a governor of an independent school. Just a few things. Um. <laughs> but those, those are all kind of, that, that fits well into your yeah. not workplace but intentional. Yes, yeah, that's good, because it, it isn't just about the, the work thing that you do, which is very important to you as well, I know. It's about the, the, the way that we can be part, doing things in this, you know, in the blessing the city thing is a, is a really key thing for us as a church, and I think some of the things that you're involved in, maybe you would, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but you may be seeing that as being part of blessing the city. Yeah, or at least, yeah, kind of working that direction, yeah. Working that direction, okay. Well, that leads us on to the question, why do you do all these things? What's your motivation? Um, I genuinely think that I can add value and perspective. Um, I tend to be, you know, different, different groups. I tend to be one of the, I guess, younger members of the board, um, which I think gives a perspective. Um, I think trying to look at things both, I guess, coming from uh, an American upbringing, coming from a, a tech sector, um, then I think that that's all there. And then from a, a Christian faith and morality side as well. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, just pushing into that a little bit, um, and I know, I hope you don't mind me saying, I know you said, when I was talking with Neil and by email... Yeah, go for it. Is that okay? <laughs> um, he said, when I, I said, would it be, would I'd love to interview, he said, I hope you don't think I'm going to come and give stories of titans of industry turning to faith and me standing and proclaiming the gospel. And I said, no, that's, I, I mean... We'd love to see that, obviously, but um, that's... Maybe next year. And then we'll do that next year, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, 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 what I really think is that what... Again, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I think it's, it's more than that. This is the whole thing of it. It's more than just about evangelism. Although, like Alan Hirsch says, if we get to do this sort of thing right, we get to, if we do this thing right, we get to talk about Jesus in the process. Does that make sense? If we, if we be blessing to the city, we bring signs of the kingdom, we get to talk about Jesus because people are into that as well. And we get to say that thing that you think is really important, God's heart is for that as well. It's a way in for people to understand who God is. Sorry, I'm going to go off on a That's right. preach again, so I'll come back to you. So um, what do you think transformation in Sheffield looks like for you? What would that look like? So I think both, well, kind of coming on to what I think, but I think one of the things when you sent me that, that question, which is also why I kind of gave, wanted to give the context of the other boards and things that I'm involved with, is how much we're not the only ones that are talking about that, and sometimes even using these, those same sorts of words. So um, just in the last two or three weeks, you know, we have conversations at a, a, a Sheffield City Partnership board level um, talking about wanting to, you know, dramatically improve the, the lives of the people who live here. We talk at the Sheffield City Growth Board about the, the GVA, which is a measure that cities use to try to look at how much value their, the, their population are being able to contrib 
contribute back to the local economy, so the GVA level, and how we can try and bring transformational change from that perspective. Um, I'm on the board and one of the founders of something called Sheffield Digital, which is a digital trade association trying to improve the, the lives and the number of the digital businesses in Sheffield. So, and we were talking about that on Friday. Where we wanted to try and say, well, what would it look like? What would it look like in three years' time if we transformed the, the landscape of the digital sector and the people who work in that sector across Sheffield? So it's not, we're not in isolation. You know, that even using that kind of language is not something that if we walk into other meetings or talk to other people, we all universally want to see Sheffield change. Now, people are measuring that different, differently. So. At a city level, we're talking about wanting to improve our, our rankings in GVA across the core cities. In the digital sector, we want to double the number of people who work in tech and number of digital startups and helping to give them the support to be able to be successful. Um, but people want to see you know, less reliance on you know, being more less re reliant on benefits and being more resilient so that in times of trouble and austerity that we're less affected, we want to be able to see people with better skills and fewer people leaving school without the right kinds of, yeah. you know, capabilities. So I think it's something that we, we may think that we're the only ones who are saying it, but actually there's a huge number of people that we're just measuring it differently. Right. And I mean, that's one of the, uh, the dangers the church has got into has been a bit of an us and them thing. And there are lots of people who are doing things, I think, doing things of the kingdom. They might not know it, but they're doing mm. things which are on God's heart. And maybe one of the thing, jobs of the church is to join in with that and partner with people and yeah. help those things to flow. And the other thing I just reminded was something that Neil said reminded me of that, that, that group of people in, uh, in exile in Babylon and Jeremiah speaking to them. He, won he said to them, bless the city make it prosper because if the city prospers you prosper and prosper looks like, like the peace of god it looks like things being successful now like neil said there are different motivations behind that and as christians we have motivations that come from our who we understand god to be but god's heart is for pe for things to prosper and, and for the be to be a good question that someone once said to me was um in the kingdom, is there poverty? No, well, let's work together for that now. Is there kingdom? Is there, you know, ask yourself different things that you see in our city. Is that going to be in the kingdom when, when it comes? If it's not, then we start to get to do stuff about that now. And uh, that, again, leading on to the next question, what do you think the church's role is in helping, you may have already answered this a little bit, in, in helping realize this transformation in Sheffield. What, can, what, what could, would we say to our church about how we join in with this? I think being specific and, and offering what we have to those that need it. So there are lots of opportunities. All, uh, you know, the, the boards and organizations that I've mentioned here, but anything from you know, Sheffield College to the, to the universities, there, there are a large number of people out there. And I think a large number of people and organizations out there that want to transform Sheffield and want to see a thriving Sheffield, a mutually flourishing Sheffield, depending on everyone's got a different name for it. Yeah. Um, but I think the more that we can, yes, get engaged in church opportunities that you mentioned here, um, but also, you know, don't think that somehow your objectives from a, from a Christian faith perspective are not going to be compatible by getting involved in, in other groups and, um, so, but I think skills and like you could go on for ages, but yeah, yeah, absolutely getting plugged in and don't make an assumption that you're going to be somehow out of alignment with other people. Yeah. 
I mean, we, we live in a world where, as a church, I think we find, we feel, probably feel that culture, in many respects, is, is becoming quite different to what we uh, understand as Christians. But there are many thing, places where I think where there is a lot of overlap. And this is, this is perhaps one of the ways that we seek the transformation of the city. And we seek in these ways, we get involved. And you know as a church that we do this, don't we? As in Restore and in Forge, we're seeking to partner with those that are seeking to um, bring life to the city. And, and there's a lot of overlap in terms of who we are as a church and who, this, who these people in the city are doing. And there are many people in this room, I think, who are part of that and are part of that broader understanding of what the kingdom looks like to come. And uh, I would just add to that, say that I think uh, the job of the church is to, be the, is to be fanning that into flame, to be saying yes to those things that are of the kingdom that other people have been involved in and partner with them. Yeah, and, and I you know, I regularly reference the work that we do here, the work that other Christian organizations are engaged with, and you, know, and you kind of bring that back and you talk about not so, much, not so much your faith, but you don't hide it and you don't make it out as, a, as an issue. This is kind of what I was referring to, whereas you know, I don't really feel that I've ever kind of spoken out in a board meeting about you know, what I believe and why, but you make logical and clear references back to the type of work that, that we do here, and, and I've never had once anyone have be anything more than inquisitive and supportive and want to know more and how, so that they can get involved back in the other direction. Great. Um, this, this may be kind of going back a few steps, but I put the last question, work is work, church is church, why not just keep them separate? <laughs> be kind of nice um, um, yeah I think that probably in the position that I'm in even trying to when you were defining what is workplace I think I've already kind of blurred too many of those lines to even be able to yeah. kind of put that back in the bottle yeah so yeah it, I think it probably goes back to that thing of everything is uh, everything is sacred every, God wants to be involved in every aspect of society and uh, this idea that we kind of hole up and be church separately and then we go and do something different that doesn't relate to who we are, it's just not biblical. It's not, it's not biblical. Um, is there anything else that you wished I'd asked you or that you wanted to say, Neil? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, so. cool. Thank you. Can you say thank you to Neil? Cool, great, cheers. Thanks, Neil. One of the key things that we... One of the key things that we want to do is to start making a few more connections between people like Neil and, and, and there are, like I said, there's quite a few people in this room for whom the sort of things we've been talking about this morning is a particular passion. And even if it isn't a particular passion, we're called to sort of uh, pray into these people and help people and support these people. And we're trying to build more connections in the church between those people who have a heart for our city who have, uh, and even beyond uh, for the things that they're involved in. And so do look out for ways that you can pray for people. Um, we're missionaries, um, not just overseas, we're missionaries in our own city, we're missionaries in our street. I, I listened to a talk by J. John the, uh, recently, I think I mentioned this not so long ago, where he said, it's great that we go and do missionary work overseas, and it is great that we do that, and it's great that we support that. He said, but why not take a little mission trip next door? Um, why not take a mission trip to your neighbours? Why not take a mission trip to the, the, wherever, wherever it is that God puts on your, on your heart? He says it's a lot cheaper to start with. Um, but it's what we're called to be. We're called to be involved in all spheres of society. Um, now, the thing I said um, about it, 
I don't want it to exclude people. I know what Neil is involved in might feel like particular areas, and it is particular areas, but I just wanted to demonstrate that, that, that the mission of God and the mission that we're called to be part of is much broader than one particular understanding. So let's just broaden it out again and just be asking my Monday to Saturday, where am I involved? Where am I purpose, deliberately doing something purposeful? Or where can I be doing something? Is it in my workplace? Is it, uh, is it at the parent and toddlers group that I go to? W whatever it is that you are involved in, know that God loves the fact that you are there and that he longs for you to say yes to him and partner with him. And he wants to, he wants to um, show you just what he can do in that place through you. And it might be, and most probably, most of the time will it be about shaping culture, about the way you speak to people, about the what you carry, as much as it is about speaking specifically about Jesus. But I do think that when we become those people, we get to have those conversations as a result. Does that make sense? Great. Well, um, I would love us to give an opportunity to pray for people who um, are just asking that question. And Kath, would you mind just coming up and just sharing what you were feeling again? Because uh, I was playing the piano and I was trying to listen to you, but um, I might get it wrong. <laughs> so if you could just share that. And I'd love, the, if the band could come up, we're going to sing again. And, um, and then when we'll worship and I think we'll call people forward and just want to be prayed for. But, can I leave? Can I hand that over to you, Kath? Uh, okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm just dumping things on you. But I just, it just felt like, yeah, it just felt like it was a significant word, and I'd love us to have the opportunity to respond to that. Do you want to know what God's key is for you in the place that you find yourself is in? And just, or you may know it, but just want to be blessed in that place. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, just to explain again this, the prophetic sense I had earlier that. Um, we are citizens of heaven and God is sovereign and part of that means that uh, we can um, unlock his kingdom here on earth, which really fits in with everything that Mike's been talking about. Um, and I had a picture of God, as we kind of hold our hands out, of God placing a key in our hands and that is the key to unlocking the kingdom. And and. So I'd love to welcome anybody forward who'd, who'd love to receive that key, um, uh, particularly those for whom you just get that sense, yeah, God's really on my case today. He's talking to me about the workplace. He's talking to me, you know, uh, about the things I do Monday through Saturday. And I'd love just to have a clearer sense from the Holy Spirit about what the key to the kingdom would be. So... Perhaps if I, if I invite people forward now as the band starts playing, and I'd just love to pray over you all, um, do a little prophetic thing, and then if we've got some ministry team that could come and pray for people. Is that all right? So shall we all stand up? And please just come straight to the front if you'd like the key to the kingdom in your workplace, in the place where you spend your time Monday through Saturday. Wonderful. So, if we're comfortable with this, let's just hold our hands out as a as a prophetic sign to the Lord that that we are yielding to Him, that we are receiving from Him, the Lord of heaven and earth, the sovereign Lord. 
who understands our workplaces better than we do, who understands our neighbourhoods better than we do, who knows what keys are needed. So Lord, as we hold out our hands, we just say, yes, we receive those keys. And Holy Spirit, genius of heaven, Holy Spirit, the ultimate missionary, Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes right now and give us a fresh vision for our workplaces about how we can make Sheffield better, how what your kingdom coming in our workplaces can look like. Lord, just stretch our vision, increase our understanding. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.